Thank you for listening to Sports Unfolded here on Anchor. We want to thank Anchor for everything they've done. It is easy to use, so I suggest everybody get out there and make a podcast, put it on Anchor, and show it to the world. So once again, thank you for watching Sports Unfolded on Anchor. Thank you very much. Hope to hear from you soon. 24, so much to go over. This has been an absolutely insane week. Um, we're going to start off with our leadoff story. Um, early in the week, Simone Biles decided to exit competition due to mental reasons. Sony Lee in her place of the women's all-around competition won gold. What's your overall feeling about the Biles situation? I... I I think it's unfortunate, and I don't know. People are going to probably hate me for what I'm going to pro- I'm probably going to say. And you know, I look. I I do believe that people are feeling certain ways, and people do need help with getting through things. I get that. I understand that. This is this is something that comes once every four years, and in this case, it was a fifth year. I know people are feeling a certain way, but at what cost are you like you're giving up basically your career right there? That's what she did. She gave up her career um, because I don't want to go as far as saying it's just to make a statement. But to me, that's what it's starting to kind of feel like from now on. I mean, first it was, you know, tennis. And, yeah, and I understand that. Right. And I understand that. You know, that's not something like she can come back next tournament, right? This is the Olympics now. This is once every four years. You took up a spot that another athlete could have taken only for you to back out. At the last yeah, minute, that's that's a be- the best point, Ron. That's where I was going to go. Is that if you look at the timing of it, I, I I'm not saying, but she had said she that she was experiencing issues prior to even getting to the Olympics. That right. I think it, you know she should have probably just stepped away from it before even going, and at least allow someone else to have that opportunity since she's already been there and right. done it and won it, and right. Yeah. Again, I, I'm not d- downplaying the the mental illness piece, and I understand, and I I, I truly right. You know, feel that's for the her. difficult part. Yeah. So, but I just think the timing of it, where she was probably aware of this well before she got there, and right. probably should have decided not to go at all. And so. that's what I'm saying. It's not like a regular, you know, thing every season. You know, it's a seasonal thing. And like I said in tennis. I understand that she made her decision to back out of that tournament. Uh, I believe it was Wimbledon or was it French Open? Yeah. I can't remember which Not one it Wimbledon, was. Wimbledon, yeah. But, yeah. So, and I understand that. And she understood, you know, missing one major isn't the end all of, of the career, you know? Because she can just come to this tournament and play and get through things, you know, the way she wants. That was not making a statement. This, however, this is, you know, 
once every four years. And again, this is a fifth year because of COVID. And, and taking a spot on somebody is kind of selfish. And I, I look, I don't want to pile on her in no way. But that's what it is. And you have to you have to make decisions based on what's right and wrong. And it was wrong for her to make that decision taking away a spot. And yes, that that's sad that she's going through it, whatever it is. We don't know all the story, but exactly. you know, that's the way it appears to me. Yeah, no, and I hope she gets the help she she needs, and uh, ultimately, you know, um, that's that's what's most important here. It's just again, it's a shame that when it happened and and you know where it happened. But um, let's look at the USA, and um, they actually lead in the uh, the medals right now. They have forty one total medals, fourteen gold, sixteen silver, and eleven bronze, and China is leading um, in gold with nineteen. So I mean, overall, at least for the United States. Very good showing so far in the Olympics. Some of the bigger tournaments, uh, you know, with the soccer and and the basketball are still yet to be played or determined. So um, it's nice to see that the United States, as usual, swimming, gymnastics, some of those areas that, that they've been dominant, they continue to dominate in. So, Well, you mentioned uh, Suni last night while we were filming live at, you know, with the portals. And... Um, this was the fifth time in a row the United States won the all around yes. for gymnastics. And that's five fantastic. different women as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I think it's fantastic. And, you know, it's just a, a testament to the, ath- to the athletes that are system, you know, from at a young age to, you know, though they're still a young age when they're winning them but you know but it's, it's just a good look on the american uh for gymnastics yeah absolutely um let's move on to some nba so major nba story last night uh big trade happened um during the draft the washington wizards traded star point guard russell westbrook to the los angeles lakers for kyle kuzma contavious caldwell pope and montreal harris and the 22nd pick last night does this yeah, make the Lakers yeah. a favorite uh, in the Western Conference? Well, I mean, they were the favorite, you know, this past season. But, you know, when people are brittle, and does this make them less brittle by getting Westbrook? No. So, I mean, really. Yeah, my concern is this, that Westbrook averaged a triple-double, 22 points, uh, almost 12 assists, and almost 12 rebounds. But yeah. – LeBron James missed 27 games. Anthony Davis missed 36 games. And that's not including playoffs. Yeah, but so, don't forget, LeBron James was complaining about the short turnaround, yeah. even though he missed 24. <laughs> you so, know, again, you know, <laughs> if they're not all going to be healthy, they're not a big three. So, and I also looked no, at this. I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't yeah, I also looked it. at this. West, Russell Westbrook in his career is one in three in the Western Conference finals and 0 and 1 in the finals. He hasn't yeah. won. And there's got to be a reason for that. Sometimes he's not the answer, and I, I'm not sure how they're going to mesh. LeBron likes to have the ball in control. Westbrook likes to have the ball in control. Anthony Davis is your best shooter. LeBron and, and Westbrook are not very good free throw shooters. So I, I don't know how good of a mesh this is. It, it, it's a, 
a ticket sale move that they're hoping that it works. Uh, look, you got two aging stars, and they're not getting any healthier. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, great basketball players, but like Westbrook doesn't doesn't get there. And, like if he if he did, then Washington would have won. Yeah, yeah. Washington, Houston. I mean, he was with Harden, and in Houston they couldn't right. win. Yeah, you know what I mean. They had you o- can't o- win with Harden. Yeah. <laughs> o- OKC with Durant back in the day, like they just never yep. seemed to be able to yep. get over that hurdle. So it'd be interesting. NBA also had their annual draft last night, and with the first overall selection, the Detroit Pistons selected Cade Cunningham. Jalen Green went number two to the Houston Rockets, and. Evan uh, Evan Mobley to the Cleveland Cavaliers to top out the the top three. Any any opinions on who did well or may have reached in the draft? Well, I mean, look, I mean, if you make a mistake at the number one pick, it hurts. It hurts for several years. Ask ask the Celtics when they picked Len Bias. Like, not taking anything away from Len Bias. Yeah, they're just a tragedy. I mean, it was yeah. a tragedy. But if that pick doesn't pan out, you are basically screwed for several more years because it sets you back that long. When you get that, that number one pick, if you don't hit, you ain't going anywhere for a while. Yeah. And, you know, not that I feel that they're going to miss on that one, one pick, but it does happen. Yeah. And if so it does, I, they're in trouble. I, I really liked what the Warriors did. They had yes. two picks in the first round. They got Jonathan uh, Kaminga and Moses Moody, and both are going to fit really well. That's the team that could compete in the West if they're all healthy. See, that's why. Yes, and I when when you have a team that's got some some stars on it, and they pick pretty high because of whatever reason it is, like you're talking, you have Steph. Yeah. No, and you got Clay. there's other players. That, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, got Clay and Draymond Green. Right. So three and then very you good add players. Some top talent. You add those top talent. Those that talent comes off the bench, and they play so much better with less pressure than somebody. If you have that number one pick and you're going to put them into the starting lineup right away, they're going to struggle because there's so much pressure on them. When you get a you get a couple of guys that are you know top tier, and you're putting them into a lineup that's already established, yeah. that's that's going to be great for them. And let's not forget they had the number two pick overall last year with Wiseman, who um, actually <laughs> yeah, got hurt. That's, that's but, right. So if he that's comes right. back healthy, I mean they're really they're really solid. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining. Yeah, they could have three impactful players coming off that bench, maybe. If one of them grabs a stroll, that's even better. Because if yeah. somebody does that, that team, then you're talking, you know, top four seed. The one stretch I did see. You're talking. Yeah. Sacramento you know, Kings selected uh, Davion Mitchell. With that much talent oh, that's injected. Yeah, my, the one stretch I did see was the Sacramento Kings with Davion Mitchell. That's He's right. a point guard. And they got De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox, who's actually one of the best young point guards in the league. 
move just didn't make sense to me because you're not going to draft somebody that high to be a backup. No. And it just didn't make sense no. to me. To me, that screams of an organization that has no direction. You like great, if you didn't if you have a if you have a point guard that's already a top, you know, top player or soon to be a top player. If you if you're Best guy is a point guard that's available. Trade down, trade down. Yeah. You don't need that point guard. There's more value in trading down. Ask, ask Bill. He knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> the draft picks never seem to pay it out, but that's besides the point. Most of the time, yeah. Most of the time. Most of the time. That brings us up to but our new. Theory. Yep, that brings us up to our new segue of the triple play, my friend. Triple play. So our triple play is going to actually rank last year's top three draft picks on who we would start, who we would bench, and who we would cut. So the last uh, last year's top three was Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and Lamelo Ball. So I'll go first this week. Um, I'm actually starting Lamelo Ball. He averaged 15, almost 16 points a game, six rebounds, six assists. Played in 51 games, but. The way I looked at it is this kid is going to be a, a, a superstar. He can distribute. He does so much for you. Anthony Edwards, I would bench 19 points a game. Started to really show that he, he's a, a pure scorer. He can get things done. Wiseman only played in 39 games, 11 points per game, five rebounds, almost six. But I really would expect more from him out of that. So he was the guy I had to put on the cut. Yeah, Eric, I have it the same way. I mean, it, well, he's got an incomplete, so you kind of have to cut him. Kind of have to. He, he had, he, he's incomplete. So that leads to to me the other two, and obviously, ball is a baller. Like, like yes, that he's going to be. He's going to he's going to be probably he's I think a top five player in the league at, at some. He's point. a Jason Kidd to me. He's Jason Kidd, uh, a better shooter. Yes, yes, exactly. That's a that's a great comparison, because like, I mean, when Jason Kidd in his prime, that's that's who everybody talked about. You know, like the that he he had distributing the ball and making players better around him. That's what this kid can do. And like me, it wasn't even close. It was Lamelo Ball and then the others. And obviously, so that left Anthony Edwards from ER. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you've been dying <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I was. I was. Um, so, Anthony Edwards. You actually got because he a little doppelganger here, Ron. You got a little Anthony Edwards in you. You you look a little like Anthony Edwards. <laughs> I, I mean, I could see it. I like it. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the hair. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we had it the same way. And. It, yeah. it, that's the right. That's the right decision. That was definitely the pretty right decision. Right. I, I think I mean, that was pretty. It was right. pretty clear cut. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought. You know what? I, I thought it would have been harder than than it really was because when you really start analyzing it and and you saying, "Oh, Jason Kidd," and, and it's like that is it right there. Yeah. That was was that was the compact it should be made. And he's a shooter. <laughs> yeah. 
Let's uh, let's move on to some NFL. So um, Aaron Rodgers has returned to the Green Bay Packers and signed his new contract, which voids out his 2023 year. So he's free to leave after this season. What does that mean for Rodgers and the Packers? Well, um, that puts a little more pressure on on the Bucks. Really, that that's gonna do, do that because like like we were talking talking about this before without Aaron Rodgers that pretty much takes out Green Bay because they, they weren't going to be able to be a Super Bowl contender without them um, um, so that left really Arizona as their top contender in my box about that and I was make that jump into the Super Bowl get to the playoffs first um, but I thought it was going to be a cakewalk for Tom Brady and Bucks and now no Aaron Rodgers is back, then then there's there's a definite contender that can go up against Tom. Yeah, so he wanted more um, input. So they did bring back uh, Randall Cobb. So they traded with the Houston Texans to bring back Randall Cobb, who was one of his favorite receivers. Only had 38 receptions last season for 441 yards and three touchdowns. But if you look at his Packer career, 470 receptions, 5,500 yards, 41 touchdowns in eight seasons with the Packers. Guy, Brett Favre, a uh, Brett Favre. Hey, Aaron Rodgers really likes. <laughs> Look, this is, this is, this is clear signal that they took so much backlash from Aaron Rodgers. They must have approached to Aaron Rodgers and say, Look, we want, we need you to come back. We need, it was a need you to come back the song what can we do to make that yes and what can we do to make you come back and he said two words randall come that's what he said is is it do you think that he's going to do the brady philosophy and then this is his last season with green bay it could be like because you know in the back of his mind, he got what he wanted, but he still turned down that big contract. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't seen him sign the contract yet for an extension or anything. So, no, he, he, so he I just got signed a feeling one, he's going. To take a, yeah, to take a year away. He signed that one today. So he's basically Oh, did he? Oh, okay. I see that today. Yeah. It's all this baseball stuff that I've been watching and <laughs> – I missed that completely. So we've got a couple of big injuries. Um, one seems very major that just got announced today was Carson Wentz has a foot injury that going to keep him out indefinitely. What does this mean for the Colts and Carson Wentz? <sighs> Colts are in big trouble if he's going to be out. Massive. Like they, look, they. Well, I had them as a contender in the AFC. Bet on him. And, and without him, I mean, they've got two rookie quarterbacks right now that are going to basically be their starting quarterbacks. Yes, it's it's over. Like, if, if Wentz is going to be out for more than, say, four games, the season is over. That's just how it is. I don't see them winning without him. I, to be honest, I didn't think they were going to be in first place with him. So... All right. Well, save that for the uh, 
I think they save that for the Sports Unfolded NFL preview show coming up September seventh. Yes, I cannot wait for that. Now wait. Another injury was to uh, Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> Dak Prescott um, has a, a, a shoulder injury. Doesn't seem severe, but how concerned should Cowboys fans be if Dak's uh, possibly breaking down here? What concern is that they weren't going to go anywhere anyway? Oh wow! <laughs> look, look. I, okay, so you know what? Jerry Jones had it right, right from the start, and I and he caved. He caved to the pressure of the fans. Has Dak ever had a full season? Yes. Has he had a full? Last season? year was his first. In, last year was his first, first injury. Wait. He, yeah. Okay. So, so basically, he's. You know, one and one. You know, as a starter, or is it two and one for full season? No, he's been around. You know, he's been around for four years. Well, look, he got hurt last year, five. last year. I'm surprised that he's already hurt. I don't think team is going to protect him very well. <laughs> so, uh, it could be one of those years where he's in and out of the lineup. Yeah, like this might not be a long injury, but he'll he'll go back in and then he'll come back out, and it's going to be one of those things with with Dallas until they can protect him, like fully. Yes, I know you have a running back, and I know you have some guys that are capable, but maybe it goes beyond the actual play. Maybe it's the guys that are calling the shots on the line. And uh, sneaky sneaky news that came out of New York. Uh... Zach Wilson has finally signed his rookie contract and is actually going to be in camp. He was the last first-round pick not to sign. Okay. So, as usual, the New York Jets yeah. have screwed it up. And when we did our top five worst quarterbacks, um, this is just going to tie into it. I got a, I got a feeling. We might have to update that list. <laughs> we may. <laughs> Once again, if you're joining us, we're live on Rhode Island Broadcasting. <laughs> We're on every Friday night at 6 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. On social media, at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter. At Broadcasting RI on Twitter. Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. And podcasts on Anchor, Google, and Spotify. So tons of ways to listen, watch, you know, support us, follow, uh, like. We appreciate any fans. Dan, a uh, very loyal fan, watches uh, every week. Um, so appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and I don't love the Cowboys. Don't love them. <laughs> All right, Ron. It's your time to take over the show. NHL. So the Bruins made some major moves this week. First off, signing left winger Taylor Hall to a four-year, $24 million deal. How important was that signing for the Boston Bruins? Well, it was immense, but the news that just came out today was kind of disappointing with Krejci. Yep. David Krejci announces uh, that he will not return. He's, he's going to play for his home country. The NHL. Oh, check. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it was a deal because, you know, there is plan in place ruins to, you know, to do what they have to do. You lost Krejci, great player. But, but... They do have an alternative plan, and, you know, that could be 
as cool as just going out and grabbing Jack Eichel from Buffalo. Um, there's a lot of rumors, but Jack Eichel was actually instant practicing with some of the players a few days ago. So there is a definite connection between the Bruins and Jack Eichel. And, uh, you know, that could happen. And if it doesn't happen, then you probably will look at the Bruins will try um, um, the new guy there. That they just got, what is his name? Oh, my gosh. Nick Foley. Um, Holla something? Yeah, Eric uh, Holla. Holla. Yeah, it was, they just got him from uh, Nashville, I believe. Um, look, he had a good year a few years ago. When he's, he had 20-plus goals. This kid's yeah. got talent. And, yeah, he was in Nashville. Nashville's a pretty decent team. But they had, they didn't have the offensive talent that the Bruins have. And I think you could even bring up Coyle to that set line, which I have no problem with that. I like Coyle. Yes, he had a miserable year, but he was still great defensively. And I think he's going to have a bounce-back year no matter what. Um. So you can put either of those two on there, and we cannot forget Frederick and Studnika. Uh, those two have the talent. It's just they got to they got to put it all together. And Studnika is supposed to be, you know, the you know the next guy on that totem pole for the Bruins. But one of those can be used as trade bait to get Eichel, and then you just sign Eichel to a longer contract that you would normally sign like David Krejci. And, you know, then you've got Eichel on the second line. <laughs> How great would that be in Boston? That would be, so, that would just be. Yeah. They did make a lot of moves uh, with free agency. They signed five players so far. Um, any of the players stand out Other to than you? That, they had a couple more. Um, Nick Foligno. I mean, yeah. That is veteran. Look, yeah, he look. He's in the mold of like a Bergeron without like that scoring talent. So he's going to be a solid. He's going to be a voice in that locker room. You know, you know he is. He's an offensive player. Uh, this guy, he's going to be good. He's going to be a, gr- a good Bruin. You know, um, like. Like he's gonna fill that Richie role, you know, but only actually not make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> like, cause with Richie, yeah, he scored a bunch of goals for the first time in his career, and that went in dandy. But he was such a liability, you know. Like half the time, he wouldn't even be skating hard. And I don't, and especially in the playoffs, he was horrible in the playoffs. I wish they would have benched him and not played him. A, that would have made a big difference because he was terrible. He was terrible. So they and, did struggle with the Frenchman as well, and they picked up Derek Fol, uh, Forbert. Um, his yep. best year, he was a plus 18 on the ice, so you know he can definitely make some things happen. Um, my pick, though, that sneaky pick was Linus uh, Oldmark, the goalie. Yes. That, glad that you is a very that. sneaky pick for them. That, yeah, that pick, so that came out of nowhere. It really came out of nowhere. Because you got to look at the Bruins situation in goaltending. Um, they let Halak go. So knowing that Rask, even if he if he signs with him, he, he's not going to play 
like February, maybe even later yeah. than that. Um, if they even sign him, which I don't think they're going to, um, unless he takes a lot less money because they want to use that money on, you know, spreading out that talent. And I think Dusty has actually done a really good job of that a season. Um, but Omak is going to be, he's going to be the backup. He's going to be the backup because Swayman is going to be the man. Yeah. So, so, so the funny thing, though, as I looked at these numbers, I mean, 91 uh, save percentage, 2.78 goals against, but again, it was with Buffalo. Right, so again, you got to judge the team he was playing with. With below, and you're putting up decent numbers. So, do you so what do you realize time? five on five? He was the sixth best goalie with ninety, almost ninety four percent save percentage. He was better than Flurry right. and uh, Zev, I always hack this guy's name, Vasily Vaskali from Tampa Vasilevsky. Bay. Vaskaleski. Every time. Every time. yes. He had a better save it's percentage than those two that were in the Stanley Cup Finals. Sneaky, yep. sneaky pick. Great oh, pickup by the Bruins. That's, yep, great pickup. Oh, it is. Um, one it more is. quick note on on Krejci, second all-time leading playoff scorer uh, in goals for the Bruins. So yeah. uh, that's going to be tough to replace uh, in the playoffs. You know, he definitely had that that piece. It is. So uh, another that's trade that gotta, happened, Mark. Yeah, Mark Andre Fleury was traded from Vegas to Chicago in a salary dump. Does this make the Chicago, you know, Blackhawks a contender? They were 24, uh, 25, and 7 last season. And in fact, I actually put Chicago right at the top of the list right now. Right at the top. With that move? With with that move and all the others that they've done. Like yeah, they, they made a lot up, of moves. They've picked up some players. Yeah, I looked and at their goalie last year. With, uh, it's all through trades. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Lar uh, Lankin, 3.0 goals against, 90% save percentage. Flurry, 1.98 goals against, and a yes. 92%. So you're, it's, it's a it's a big upgrade. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. Like, like so. Chicago, I, I believe right now, I believe Chicago Blackhawks are going to the Stanley Cup. You heard it here I first. Look, at, look I, I look at what's happened with Vegas. I look what's Vegas, happened yeah, they to, definitely to, to Colorado. Like they're getting picked apart. St. Louis is getting picked apart. You know, these teams are getting decimated. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't see anybody being able to stop Chicago now. I really don't. Not in that uh, NHL also how they draft. Uh, Boston Bruins selected Fabian Lysel, uh, right winger, with the twenty-first pick. Anything on him? Yeah. Well, they the Bruins went size this this season in the draft, and you, if you look down the lineup on that, that draft, you see a lot of big players. And you know when, especially in that center ice, they they drafted a few center icemen, and because they know they know that now they know they lost Krejci. And how long is Bergeron going to play? Like, like he looks better at, than ever, it appears. But, you know, I mean, realistically, you got to think about five years, maybe. You know? I mean, five years would be a lot of time for him. I mean, don't forget, he came in at 18. <laughs> so he's played a lot of years. And 
so they know that there's limited. That's why uh, and Frederick, one of those guys has to has to pan out, has to, you know. And if it and if it's to trade for Eichel and then Eichel pans out, then that's worth it. Then it's the same thing. But these center Icemen that they've drafted, those guys need to come up in the next couple of years and impact this team. Or after Bergeron is gone, we're going to have some tough times. So Buffalo with the number one pick selected Owen Power, defenseman from Michigan. And the Seattle Kraken with their first draft pick in their history, Matty Biners, a center from Michigan. So two Michigan Wolverines went uh, one and two. So that was kind of cool to see. <laughs> I saw a lot of that in that first round. And I'll tell you, those both those picks are massive, massive picks for those two teams. Yeah. Um, look, the only problem is, you know, Buffalo. They, they don't <laughs> – I don't think they really know what they're doing. I, I, I don't think they know what they're doing. And, you know, you can say what you want about the talent they're drafting. It's always been good. They've signed, they even last year, like, like they had Taylor Hall. They had a lot of talent there. Why can't they win? Well, they can't win because the organization has no clue what to do and they don't hire the people in place to do the right things. So they're always going to get this massive talent, but it feels like they're always going to be drafting in the top three because they never can put it together because they don't know what they're doing. And it yeah. comes, it's simple. It's simple. You know, some teams, you know, it's just a financial thing, but for Buffalo, this is not a financial thing. It's an idiot thing. You know, this, they get this disease that they have no clue what they're doing. They, they were the Cincinnati Bengals oh, of the sorry. NFL. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Basically, that's what they are. The like, they'll have the some wrestling years Dennis that joined us. The wrestling den has joined us. Thank you, Rick, there joining. Ron, it's time to discuss these Major League Baseball trades. Oh, my God. Like, literally hours and hours. Yeah, so we're just going to kind of go through them, and then uh, we'll we'll discuss them. But uh, let's talk first. The Red Sox uh, picked up Kyle Schwaber from the Nationals. 253, 25 home runs, 53 RBIs, but he is still currently on the IL. Yes, that's just what we want. Some, yay. Good job, Boston. And the funny thing <laughs> no, is they want to play him at first. Get somebody like Joey Gallo. So if you want, yeah, yeah, can you tell me the year, the last time that Kyle Schwarber has played first base in the major leagues? Do you know what year it was? Wait, how? When did he come into the league? It was like about, I don't know, six, seven years. <laughs> so, well, I'd probably 2013. say the year that he was a rookie. Yeah. Two thousand thirteen. So, yeah, so eight years. I was off by a year. And and you know where Boston's planning on playing them? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not sure what they were doing on that one. No. I'd 1972, like a little Yeah, you were so close. <laughs> New York Yankees signed first base or uh, traded for first baseman Anthony Rizzo and center fielder Joey Gallo. Two solid left-handed bats. I you thought think? this was a great move for New York. My only question they were, they were, is, 
fantastic moves. Worth it. The only question is, is it enough to get them into the at least the wild card? Because that's what they're playing for. They're not catching the Red Sox in the division. Hey, you know, strange things have happened. Um, eight back I now. Remember eight a Red Sox, back. I remember a Red Sox collapse in the past nine games, I yeah, believe it was. But again, that was back in the old days. That was the curse days. Yeah. That those yeah. are gone. Look, look. The Yankees have the best team in baseball. I don't know how they're so far back. But they can put I, it all together. About this so, so many times. I think you you want to know what the best move the Yankees can make? Fire the manager. Fire the manager. That will that will lie under the, the players' butts, and you will see them make up that ground. That's the only way I can see the Yankees catching the Sox. <clears throat> but with that, I think they can make the wild card. And if they make the wild card, look out. Because I don't think anybody will be able to, to stop them. At least, you know, with that offense. You're going to score like 10 runs a game. <laughs> so as much as we talked about, um, you know, not picking up a pitcher, they do get Severino back. Chris Sale comes back for Boston. So I think some of those moves not getting a pitcher was because of those two guys coming back. Yeah, they picked up a couple of picks uh, late today. Uh, what was it? Austin Davis they picked up and Robles. So uh, Austin Davis, they, they traded Ch Chavis for him, uh, which I was a little surprised. Um, so that means Chavis next year is going to have like 30 home runs. <laughs> um, so. Because, oh, like, that always happens. It always happens. As soon as they trade a guy, they just light it up. And, uh, yeah. So so they did some pitching. but they, And they do get Sale back. But do you want to bank on Sale making it the whole season? No, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's a tough call. Speaking of pitchers, the Dodgers traded for Max Scherzer and ended up getting Trey Turner in the deal as well. Yeah. How uh, big is that? <laughs> it's just not even right. It's not even fair. It's like, have you seen that lineup and that rotation now? That rotation. Like, if they could stay healthy and they get some guys back and, you know, that, I know they got, gonna beat they got – It's tough. They still sit three back of the, the, the Giants, the, though. How do the Giants still continue to be ahead? I know. It's, a, it's amazing. I don't even know. I don't know how the Giants are ahead. I think LA is just waiting for the trade deadline and then said, okay, you know, now we may never lose another game. Like, seriously. Like, and, and that's saying something in baseball because, like, it's just, it's, like, this team is just stacked. Stacked. I mean, I don't, there's no weakness. There's no weakness. None. And, and putting Scherzer in a rotation that already has Kershaw. I mean, come on. It's not even fair. It's not fair. <laughs> Oakland I'm so A's. I'm glad the Red Sox are in the National League. <laughs> Oakland A's, who currently are sitting in the last wild card spot, picked up Starling Marte, who's batting 305 and uh, 23 stolen bases. So add some speed. That's just a sneaky move for them as well. Again, it's it's there there. It's it's not a big move. 
but it's enough to probably keep them in that that wild card spot. Yeah, and that's going to be the spot that I would think that the Yankees are gunning for. Uh, or maybe the Tampa Bay Rays. Like I don't know what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing. So, so maybe they're, that's they're, the they're ahead of them right now. They're ahead of Oakland right now. Yeah, that's the team that probably will lose the spot to the Yankees if they can get there. Uh, uh, I the moves that Oakland made, I actually have them as one of the winners of trade deadline. Uh, because uh, for them to even go out and do this, you know, surprising. You know, let's face it, like they trade everybody away. But this year, uh, they look like they're actually going for it according to what Oak calls going for it. Yes. I, I give them high marks. I thought Oakland and the Yankees and Houston won, won the trade line. In the American League. I like what the White Sox did, though. They picked up the best reliever. Oh, yeah. I forget about the White Sox. How can I forget about Craig Kimbrell? 0.49 right now, ERA, with 23 saves. And you're talking about on the Cubs. Yes. That don't even get chances to win games. So, uh, look, Kimbrell has been phenomenal. And we know what he did in Boston. You know, last year in Boston was a little shibble, but, you know, overall his career has been phenomenal. And, you know, I, I'm looking at, at closers and you put him in there with, you know, that, that he guy there. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Mariano. Mariano Rivera. <laughs> Mariano Rivera. You know, you put him. Yeah, of course. You, you, I was One of the greatest closers of all time. I don't want to give okay. Yankees credit. Yeah. So I put him in the conversation with Mariano, with Dennis Eckersley, with Trevor Hoffman, you know, uh, like I even consider Lee Smith, you know, up in that category, you know. So you put him up there with with that. And, like Kimbrell stuff is just filthy. It's filthy. Javier Baez Great. for the Mets. And this is why I said the Mets are the only team that can, can now compete with the Dodgers. Um, but they're going to have to do it pitching and defense because they can't yeah. match that offense. So big key for the Mets is Degrom and his health. If Degrom stays healthy, yeah, I think they yeah. they 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 have their yeah. contenders. But they need him. They he's he's just lights out. Oh, absolutely. what about the Giants? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What about the Giants picking up uh, third baseman Chris Bryant? Is it enough to yeah, keep them was, ahead of the Dodgers? No. <laughs> no, no, like, uh, come on. It's like, uh, who would you rather have, Bryant or Scherzer? No, I, I agree. I agree. I think <laughs> at least, you know, uh, at least it, it doesn't matter. At least they're trying to stay in it. And it's pretty, like I said, I, I, I'm still amazed that they're, they're where they're at at this point. Philly's picked up a couple pitches as well, just to try to help uh, and make, make some kind of move uh, with Kyle Gibson and uh, Ian Kennedy. But, I looked at it this way. Right now, as it stands, the Red Sox are currently one and a half games over the Red Rays in first. White Sox eight over the Indians, and the Astros five and a half yeah, over the over A's. Two. Yeah, so I think that's over too. I don't think anybody's catching Houston or Chicago. Chicago White Sox. Um, 
I don't think I don't I don't think the Rays will even stay in the race. So I would say that the Red Sox should probably keep that division and just build back the Yankees. And I think Oak York will be wild card. I mean, it's just did those two teams, Oakland and New York, did so well in free uh, in trade deadline that they is going to be able to drop them. And as far as in National League, I thought the teams won that was the LA Dodgers and the New York Mets and Phillies would be the first in that in that package. Um, so with that, I definitely say Phillies probably get the wild card. And I don't think so. San Francisco I'm, and I'm San Diego battle it out. Yeah, no, I don't know. I know you're going to say Atlanta, but no, I don't think so. Bru- Hold on. No. Brewers. Brewers are seven games over the Reds. Mets three and a half over Phillies. And the Giants are three <laughs> over the Dodgers. But in the wild card, the Reds are actually five games out. Phillies seven and a half. And St. Louis seven and a half. Philly's got a better shot of trying to get the division. They're not making the wild card. The two teams that are in right uh, now, are the, Dodgers, the, the Dodgers and the Padres are the two teams that are in the wild card right now. They're not getting past them. Like I said, I, I think Reds are going to be out of it. And I think the Phillies will, will take it. It's, so they beat the Mets. It's just a matter of. Well, well, the Mets are going to win the division. Phillies are going to take a wild card spot. They're going to get in there. You think they're making up eight games and get, against the Dodgers yeah. and the Padres? No, against the Giants and the Padres. Wow, you think the Giants are going to collapse? I think, that no, I no, I think the Padres. The Giants have the best collapse. record in baseball right now. I think the Padres are going to collapse. Okay. Dodgers right. are going to overtake the Giants, but San Francisco and Philly you will end it. up getting the wild cards you heard it here first so if you're joining us we're on rhode island broadcasting we're on every friday night at 6 p.m on facebook youtube and twitch at sports unfolded on facebook and twitter at broadcasting ri on twitter sports underscore unfolded on instagram and our podcasts on anchor google and spotify so many different ways to listen watch support we appreciate it you know what time it is ron And roll. Pick and roll, baby. So you decided to pick this one. Since it's our 24th episode, we're going to pick our favorite number 24s in sports. This time, it's all us. We're picking on our own. There wasn't a pre-made list. So I'm going first. So at number five, and I'm not a big fan, but what I'll say is this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw numbers before I mention names. 25 years in the sport, 93 wins, 325 top five finishes, and that would be one Mr. Jeff Gordon, number 24. Only time I really followed NASCAR, I liked Jeff Gordon. I thought he was one of the best. <laughs> oh, God. This, this individual, 22 years, 630 home runs, 13-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glove, that would be one Mr. Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. at number four. At number three, one of my all-time favorite Yankees. Seven years with the Yankees, and I'm only judging them by the Yankee years. 
192 home runs and four World Series championships. That would be one Tino Martinez, number 24, New York Yankees. Oh, my God. Number two. This is favorite players, though, right? Yes. Not ranking on my what not rank my favorite players. <laughs> right. At number two. Okay, I can see that. And the fact that I and at number two, the fact that I can respect this man because he played for a team that we despise in Boston. 25 points a game, five-time NBA champion, two-time finals MVP. That would be one Mr. Kobe Bean Bryant, one of the greatest basketball players. Probably one of the top five basketball players of all time. What he could do on the basketball court, always one of my favorites. But my number one, 24, all time. My favorite player on my favorite team. Ten seasons with this team. 36 interceptions. Six for touchdowns. 638 tackles. Four-time Pro Bowler. Three-time Super Bowl champ. That would be one Mr. Cornerback for the New England Patriots. Ty Law. Ty Law. One of my all-time favorite Patriots of all time in those first yes. early decade team where they won those championships. Love Ty Law. I got a little picture over there on the side of him in that St. Louis Super Bowl running back that interception for a touchdown. Ty Law, my number 124. He was he was fantastic. Like he Love was Ty. he was one of the he was one of the three keys to winning Super Bowl. Super Bowls. Okay. You're that up. was actually a pretty good list. And Thank even you, though I gave you a hard time about Tino Martinez, I totally get it. it. I did, look, look, I didn't hate Tino, my player. Yeah. So take that for what it's worth because he was a Yankee. Yep. And, you know, I actually liked him as a baseball player. So, but he didn't make my top five list. So, um, number five, I have <laughs> Willie Mays. Now, great one. Good so, job. So, you know, like, look, I didn't get to see him play live, but I saw a lot of video and a lot of old games that I watched, you know, and, and he was just amazing. He was just, he was just amazing. And uh, like when you're like, you don't have to say the numbers. I mean, like he's a legend. So arguably the best ball, baseball player of all time. You put him, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, you know, some of those guys in the category. So, but uh, uh, Billy, Billy Mays. <laughs> Billy's, yeah. So Billy Mays, so yeah. Billy Mays at number five. Number five. Number four, I have Ty Law. Like I, I knew I was forgetting something, and when we we talked, it's like, it's like, I I know there was a glaring hole, and I'm like looking and looking, who am I missing? And it was Ty Law, and like he was my favorite Patriot, you know, back, you know, when they started winning before Tom Brady, you know, you know, be, before Tom, Tom Brady, Brady yeah. even, yeah. So, like, it was Ty Law and Brewski. Those were my favorite two players, you know, because I like defensive players with that, yeah. that you know, the hitting and the, the just the fired up kind of attitude. And, you know, so Ty Law was it. I mean, he was, he was fantastic. One of the, one of the, to me, one of the best defensive backs of all time. One of the best. Agreed. 
So I put him at number four, and the next three, number three, Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, like, if there's a baseball player that should be the best role model of all time, that might be the guy. Like, he was – he's the kid, you know? Like yeah, He was. He he was just a joy to watch. Uh, about him, I wish he didn't have injuries, because like he would have broken all the records. He would have broken all of them, and it's too bad. But he was he was impactful everywhere he went. It didn't matter where okay. he went; people loved him. Yeah. And yes, I see Manny Ramirez, but it's Manny being Manny. Too much of that show, and I don't really respect Manny Ramirez. So, so. Uh, number two, and this is this is my favorite baseball player of all time, um, Dwight Evans. Dwight, like nice, yes. Nobody played right, right field like Dwight Evans. He had a cannon for an arm, and did you know in the eighties he led all of baseball in total bases. Did you know that? Like, no. Did it quietly. Like, uh, he had the quietest great career that you'd ever see. I mean, it, it, his numbers were Rick? fantastic. Rick's and, coming and up with really Barry Bonds, too. Barry Bonds. Yeah, I know, but, you know, That's a good one. He's, he, he's over there sitting with Manny Ramirez. Yes. <laughs> um, but number one, and like he was not, he wasn't even really talented. To be honest with you, he couldn't skate for for damn, you know. But he was the heart and soul of the Boston. For so many, Terry O'Reilly. Like it is impossible. Terry no, Hart. you love no, Terry O'Reilly. It's what I grew up with, you know. No, you do. You Terry O'Reilly no, is. Is my favorite. Like, I, there's, look, it's my favorite number. And that's why I wanted to do this. And it was all about Terry O'Reilly being chosen for me. And it didn't have a list that we were compiling. I would have added Terry O'Reilly to it. would have been on there. <laughs> I got it. would have been on there no matter no. what. No, if it was best baseball players with the number 24, I would have put Terry O'Reilly in there. <laughs> but he, he, you know, even when, you know, like he led the Bruins in points one year. I don't know how, but he did. <laughs> you know, but he's a fighter. And I remember him going over the boards in the stands at Madison Square Garden and beating the crap out of people. <laughs> so, you know, and it's like classic fights with all these tough guys in the league, whether it was Igo Williams or anybody, you know, from Philadelphia or any team. He would always be there. And when he became a coach, that was even more special because I remember, look, I went through it with the Red Sox all those years. I also went through it with Bruins in Montreal. And the Bruins uh -huh. couldn't get past Montreal in the playoffs until the year Terry O'Reilly was the coach. And we went, I don't know, like seven, eight, Nine years in a row, we couldn't beat Montreal in the playoffs. Terry O'Reilly got it done with a team that might not even belong winning 
So <laughs> it was just one of those things, what he meant to the Bruins. And I, I loved it so much. And, and I used that kind of an attitude in basically everything I do. You just leave it all out on the floor. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what he meant. And that's no, why that's- I really wanted to do this. That that was a great great list, Ron. No, and I had fun with it because again, it was just something uh, off the cusp, but it was ours. It wasn't a, a predetermined right, right. player, so it was it was fun. Right, good, and good, I knew good. you were going to give me a hard time about a hockey player, so I had yeah, to ask time. you a little bit about Tino Martinez. <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> it's face-off time, my friend. And face-off. I kept the hockey theme for you. Kept the hockey. Yeah, I don't even know you. what the face-off is. The, the face-off is should the Boston Bruins re-sign goalie Tuka Rask? One of us has to be for them re-signing him. One of us has to be against them re-signing him. I'd really like to be for this. For them signing? Yes. You would be for? I am for them signing Tuka Rask. Okay. If you're ready, we'll All go. Right. You ready? Uh. Who's first? Ron's against it. I'm first. You ready? All right. Yeah, so, right. so you can go. So I looked at it this way. As I started to look at it, do you know how many games Swayman has played in the playoffs? None. One. Oh, one. Yeah, that's how about, why he came, he came as backup. How about, how about, how about all Mark? You, Mark. You'll mark. How many? I have no clue. I have no idea. No, Zero. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Are the Boston Bruins a playoff yeah. contender? Yes. What's one of the most important things to have in playoff hockey? Hey, am I supposed to be jumping in on this? <laughs> Solid goaltending. Anytime you Is that want. the way we're still but doing you, uh, Yes. Solid goaltending. So guess what? They need Tuka Rask back if they want to even be a contender for the Stanley Cup. Okay, with that, I say no. Because, like, what has he won? What has Tuka Rask won all these years? What has he won? He won. He, yeah. On the bench? <laughs> Tim Thomas won that. It Tim doesn't Thomas. matter. He was there. Rask had, Rask had nothing to do with it. And in fact, he cost them the Stanley Cup. He cost them the Stanley Cup already once by just saying, "Oh, I can't handle it. I gotta go home." That's not a a hockey player. Hockey players don't go home. What's the option? What's the option? Swayman. Swayman with one game is going to be your guy to win the Stanley Cup. Wait, wait, wait. Ken Dryden, when he won his first Stanley Cup, his first Stanley Cup. Oh boy, here we How go. many years of of experience he have in the playoffs? Zero. Zero. Bolick, thanks Zero. for joining me. You are insane if you cannot, as a Bruins fan, say they need a top quality goaltender if they plan on winning the Stanley Cup next season. They will have a top quality goaltender in Swayman. Okay. Absolutely. Are we arguing about the Swayman? Swayman versus Rask, we argued, and you said Rask was still better than Swayman at this point. How many times did you tell me that Rask needs to go? He's terrible in the playoffs because no, he has no heart. In the playoffs, he, he is lacking heart. Like, That's fine. He doesn't care 
care if he wins or loses. You time. can't have a goaltender like that. Time, I clearly won that one without a oh, doubt. You did not no win that. Doubt Absolutely not at all no. on that one. Anybody you watching right now, just chime in. Eric won that one. You can't win without a heart. You can win without a heart. But you gotta get, you gotta get angry when you lose. And that's why you're angry you right now because you lost. That's why no, you're angry right now. You lost. I'm not, I didn't lose. <laughs> I clearly yes. did not lose that. Predictions July 30th. Lose. July 30th. Astros at Giants. Uh, is that a series or is that just one? Three games. Game? Three games. Three games. Astros at Giants. Yep. Astros. Okay, I'm going Giants. All three two games. Three. Okay. Top it off. And then, and then in the NL West again, Astros at Dodgers. Wait, yeah. so we're doing two Astros series? Astros at Dodgers, so they could pretty much change the whole NL West. So, You're going so wait a Dodgers. Minute. So here's how it's going to go: the Houston Astros are going to sweep San Francisco, then go swing to LA. And getting swept by LA. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, I'm going Astros first. in that series. <coughs> and just because because you think they're a super team, Eric won with an arm bar and arm round. Eric's son, the fans won, which means the fans are for me. I won that. No, Great no, game. no. You did not win that. If you enjoyed our show next week, uh, join us as we got more Olympic talk. NFL training camps that have opened. We'll discuss some of the, the key moves that have happened in the offseason. We'll talk about some more of the baseball's winners and losers. And our pick and roll will be ranking these MLB trades that just happened this week. So we'll see what happens on that. Um, once again, we're on Rhode Island Broadcasting every Friday night at 6 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Social media at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter. At Broadcasting RI on Twitter. Sports underscore unfolded on Instagram and our podcasts on Anchor, Google, and Spotify. Once again, we lots are on our final thought and our final thought. Lots of ways. Our final thought is uh, not necessarily anything on sports, but it uh, can be uh, anything that's just going on in the world today. Uh, I'm going first round this week. And my final thought is actually about the NBA draft. So it was a special moment for so many last night. But there was one that was bigger than any other. So the NBA during the NFL draft announced an additional draft pick. And it was for Terrence Clark, who was tragically killed in a car accident in April. He was a uh, Kentucky Wildcat, um, was expected to be drafted in this year's draft. And unfortunately, because of his death, obviously wasn't going to be able to live that dream out. So his family was actually in attendance last night. And the commissioner announced his name as an NBA draft pick, and his family was up there to, to be able to receive that. And it was just a, such a heartwarming moment because at 19 years old, this, this, this poor kid you know, died tragically and never got to fulfill that dream. His family at least got to see his name called, heard, and saw it on that big screen. And I thought the NBA did a fantastic job with that. Um, and I was just so proud to see that. They took the the human side of it and not just sports and was able to present the family with that. So I thought it was just a great moment uh, for, for the NBA. And that's my final thought. Very well said. Um, that's a fantastic final thought. 
Um, my final thought has a lot to do with last night when I was doing a broadcast from Askew in uh, Providence. Um, I was there to see a, a band, uh, The Portals, that was on jam session um, for us at Rhode Island Broadcasting. And it was an open mic night, you know, before and after The Portals played. And I got to see so much talent, you know, from people that just, they, they don't even have paying gigs anywhere. They just go to an open mic and they basically hard out to the people that are there and hope they're good enough to be accepted. So I watched as guy with a guitar goes up, another guy with a guitar goes up, and then this group that came in that was that was rap singers. And one after another, they went up there, they did their thing. And all these people that are here to see guys with guitars and rock music got to enjoy a hell of a show. They were fantastic. And you will see some of them guys coming on jam sessions soon. But what the point I was making is, is that there's so much hidden talent in local areas that we we tend to overlook all that because the big star gets all of the star power. And that's who you and it was the same thing in those Olympics, you know, back swimming, Michael Phelps. Who you think of? It doesn't matter who else is on the team, right? But so that's the point to this whole thing is like there's more to the things besides those stars. There are other people on these teams that are so vital for a team to win, and whether it's soccer or it's it's volleyball or 3v3 basketball which the americans didn't even qualify for you know there's so much of those team players that are there that do most of the work and never get the credit keep that in mind wherever you are sports music movies there's all kinds of people behind that don't get any credit whatsoever for the job that's being done out there. So that is the point I'm making. And, you know, just got to enjoy everything. So it's more about it. It's, it's, it's more than just, you know, Tino Martinez on the Yankees and years, you know, there's a lot of those players behind the scenes that really cause and, and not to say, you know, just thinking about that Red Sox, um, win over the Yankees when they stole the base, you know. What about him? It wasn't just Poppy that, that raked. Without that stolen yeah. base, none of it happened. So just think of little things that those people out there are doing. And that is my final thought. Ron, great point. Great point. Thank you. I uh, want to thank the fans that have joined us, Dan. Uh, the Wrestling Den, Rick. Appreciate it. Make sure you tune in watch them Thursday oh, night, 7 p.m. Great show. Uh, yeah, Balik, thank you for joining. Uh, all the fans that have watched live, all the fans that are going to tune in and watch, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Ron, as usual, great show, man. Thank you. Fans out there, have a great night. Thank you. Have a great one.